You're listening to Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley here with Monica Perez. Monica, how are you today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. I want to read a couple of headlines to you real quick and just kind of see what you think about them. And then I'm going to give you some more information about them. I know it's vague, but just go go along with me for a second. Okay. Crime to give fake news to newspapers. Is that Singapore? Hold on one second. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry. I was trying to react. You gave me like a one second pause. I know. I, I paused too long because I couldn't read my printout very well. I can't not talk for more than one second. <laughs> okay. The Betts bill, making it a misdemeanor to furnish false news to a newspaper, was signed by the governor today. The new law reads, any person who knowingly and willfully states, delivers, or transmits by any means whatsoever to any manager, editor, publisher, reporter, or other employee of a publisher or any newspaper, magazine, publication, periodical, serial, any false or untrue statement of a fact concerning any person or corporation with the intent that the same shall be published is guilty of a misdemeanor. The law will become effective September 1st. Wait, I don't think I'm – that's going a little too quick for me. Okay, so where is this? This is in Albany, New York. Right, okay. What's another question? If we're asking the five W's, who, what, when, where, why, how, what's another another one of those W's? Well, the H is not the W. So it's who, what, when, (laughs) where, why, and how. So it's six. It's five W's and how. Yeah. Who, what, when, where, why. And how. Right. So give me another one of those W's. Uh, who? Is it Andrew Cuomo? No. Wrong W. Where? What? Nope. Nope. Hold on. You close. You got one left. Why? Oh, Where? maybe two left. Who? No. Who is Andrew Cuomo? When? When was that written? Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, that's why all the all my other answers are wrong. Yes. Because clearly it was before a war. Again, the headline, crime to give fake news to newspapers written on... Fake or false? No, fake. Wow. Fake news. I found tons of references to fake news back in the 1910s, 20s, and 30s. Wow. This is May 7th, 1920. Which I'm... At, in the I, AJC. I Wow. I would be shocked if what they're really talking about is unpatriotic news, unpatriotic facts. It is. Not fake facts, real facts. You know what's interesting is I found the AJC was actually printing information about the British propaganda that was poisoning our public opinion prior to World War I. And other newspapers were bashing the AJC for spreading fake news. They were being critical yeah. of the of the government? The the articles that I found oh, they were, were being critical. They were being critical of the British wow. propaganda that was who, being spread. Who owned it? I don't know. I have to look into it because that's our that's WSD. Like here's one right here. Headline British censorship bitterly denounced. And it goes on to talk about a lot of the stuff that, that I've talked about on here about the how British targeted America. This was on October October twelfth, nineteen fifteen, and it lays out some of the stuff that the British was doing and then the AJC got attacked for printing this stuff back then so they got silenced for it wow that's unbelievable here's and, another one and this archive is accessible to you yeah there's another one right here this is from July 14th 1917 corporation offices 
imposed the censorship. And the article goes on to talk about how people thought it was the government doing the censorship, but really it ended up being the corporations that were doing it, but they were kind of working hand in hand and it's real kind of, kind of muddy, which really reeks a lot of Facebook and Instagram. Ah. Pulling people off of the internet right now. So what? So they were saying that the corporations were were doing the propaganda. That the corporations were censoring people from spreading false and fake news. Interesting. Now here's another one from August fourth, nineteen fourteen. Constitution has wow. Complete, that's right when the war started. Yeah. Constitution has complete Associated Press report. And that's the headline. The Constitution has exclusively um, the evening and early morning service of the Associated Press for morning publication. Do not be deceived by fake news. If it comes by Associated Press, you know it is real, not manufactured news. If you want to keep up with the world's greatest war, you will read the Constitution. Interesting. Well, it sounds like the the Atlanta Journal and the Constitution merged at some point, and that was back when these things might have been independently owned, maybe by people of principle. I'm not saying they're not owned by people of principle now, but I'm just saying individuals. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. no, no network, no media, no higher level, no give and take. You know what I'm saying? No, no harder to control. Say that last part again. I'm I'm just saying I think uh back then they I think there were plenty of independent newspapers yes. run by people would be very hard. That's why you want to centralize. Like nowadays I believe they only allow one helicopter over a scene and all of the all of the different news outlets take that feed and they're and it's said for safety's sake, but but then there's total control. It's like our it's like Reuters AP and the other one, they just they completely control the message. And all you have to do is control those three guys. And what the and I believe if you look back at Operation Mockingbird, where they started to control the press back then, Cord Meyer, I believe, was in charge of that. The husband of JFK's last mistress before he died. <laughs> and then she was murdered. Uh, I think that what they did with Operation Mockingbird is the idea was we will you're not even breaking your own integrity we will embed you with the Viet Cong or whatever the not the Viet Cong the um the troops in Vietnam and you'll get a lot of information but you just have to allow us to censor it coming out or even better you don't have to go we'll just tell you <laughs> as long as you play game play ball yeah and it's much easier to control when you centralize the news and then all you have to do is deal with the people at the top and then they have more to gain and lose and and all that. It's- and that that is exactly what they did prior and during World War One and prior and during World War Two is they used those wars as reasons to rein in the information is but I I watched a Brennan, Brennan talking about five G uh, at a Brookings, not Brennan, I keep saying Brennan, Mark Werner, the senator, talking about 5G at a Brookings Institute panel. And he's talking about, you know, he's essentially talking about the, the war to control 5G, which we talked about on the show. But he, he makes it very clear that we're essentially at war with China from what he's saying. He could be just saying that. But, you know, when he talks to the media, he only talks about Russia. But here he's talking about China. And it's all about reining in, you know, it's it's about building the gatekeepers, and we read the CIA uh, morale 
uh, field manual about how when you have too many outlets of information out there uh, that you can't control, you have to rein it back in. I know you've talked about this a lot about the creation of the internet, how they created it, and now they're reining it back in. They've done the same thing with with print, with radio, with TV, and now they're doing it with the internet. Is they are reestablishing a firm control, and unfortunately, I think that uh, war seems to it always seems to censorship always seems to precede war not in the immediate necessarily it might take a few years but that seems to be a pattern i'm noticing throughout history because i did do a lot of research on all these you know these segments of time prior to wars the years prior to wars and you can find the same talking points before all of them that you find right now Yes, and I and actually I know I feel confident that over time you're going to bring us a lot of those, which I I'm eager to to hear. I've got numerous comments on the stuff you just said. If you're ready, yeah, go for it. Uh, all right, so so one thing is I do believe I'm going to do kind of in reverse order. Start with what you just said. We we it seems to me. That I've always thought with with Obama, the one thing I thought was his absolute number one priority would be was surveillance, the surveillance state. And I've always felt that Trump's reason for being where he is was to start a war with Iran. So I literally think you could make the argument that everything you see in this whole Trump hysteria, everything about Trump all the controversy, all the opinions, all of it is just is just creating an image to be the guy who starts this terrible, terrible war. So it's this irrational person who's just a hothead who the other side can say was in has integrity but is misguided in that uh, obviously he's in bed with Russia and this is an anti-Russian thing to do and that'll get his supporters who don't want war to say, well, I trust him. This is against his interests. It's against everything he stands for. If he's doing it, it's because he loves this country. So, like, that part of his image works. The other side of the image, he is just a hothead idiot who's never been in charge before, and he is going to drag this country into this crazy war. Uh, so much for anti-establishmentism, so much for anti-globalism. This is what you get, and now we have this war, and then everybody's going to come together and say, but once you start a war, you've got to finish it. So... All the stuff that surrounds him, everything I think could make the argument that he's there to to get us into this war. And what we've heard this week, uh, talk of uh, over a hundred thousand U.S. troops headed in that direction. Did you hear that number bandied about? I did hear something like that. I, can't uh, I didn't specific. In- investigate. I just heard it on the radio on the way over here. But I just, uh, I. <laughs> That 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 kind of stuff is crazy talk. Now maybe there's there's some other reason for it, uh, but it seems to me that when when he tore up the deal, Truthstream Radio, Truthstream Media did a good video on a couple of years ago actually, on how it had been a I believe a Brookings institution, a plan for a long time that they would make a deal with Iran. That it could not live up to, kind of like how World War One was started by by Austria and Serbia. Like Austria made Serbia an offer it could not accept, and then it did accept it, and they went to war yeah. anyway. Like I believe that's how it shook out, but that's the idea behind Iran. And then you see that famous 
uh, underground famous Patrick Clausen from the Center for Washington, Center for Near East Policy, something like that, saying we could get nastier at creating provocations or false flags to start a war with Iran. He literally says that. That was in 2012, I think. So there's all this indication that we're we're actually trying to provoke Iran. And I would say that that's what I think Trump is there for. But so speaking of the censorship that happens before, you pointed that out when we got taken off of WordPress and when we got suppressed on YouTube. And I'm thinking that even that stuff. So it looks like all those gun mass casualty events, whatever, uh, Sandy Hook, everything that is leading to the the label of dangerous conspiracy theory is there to censor. But ultimately, again, I mean, I they they are famous that they the, the powers that be the, the great thinkers who do all the stuff to us. They are multitaskers. So it definitely has numerous goals here. But I would say if war is the number one goal, censorship has to go hand in hand with that. And that's why, like, I'm, I, I love Twitter. I kind of took myself off of Facebook, but I really love Twitter. But I, I got that weird email from them a while back saying, you have been known to consort with Russian bots. Consider yourself warned, but did not tell me who the Russian bots were that they identified me consorting with. So it could have been the new knowledge guys. I, I definitely want to open it up to, to that. But, uh, so anyway, what we're doing, just as an aside, in the com is we've got a forum working. I, I'm playing around with the name, but because it's like taking a deep dive, <laughs> we're calling the forum so far the pool because there's also this concept of the press pool of crowd funding, you know, crowdsourcing journalism and stuff. And it's just where you can go and put up. I'm kind of using it a little bit like Twitter in that you there's just like four or five big categories and you just put your topic up there. Uh, it, you can do 80 characters. I could make it 140 like the old Twitter or whatever, but we just put the characters up there. Say, hey, you know, did you the first thing I posted, I think, was they made another like highly restrictive abortion bill. And I that reminds me of when DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, was passed at the federal level and it prompted a Supreme Court decision that made any kind of regulation on gay marriage not okay at the state level, which is a direct violation of the Tenth Amendment. So I feel like they're begging the Supreme Court because states are getting cute on their uh their abortion laws, they're begging the Supreme Court to put their foot down and say, you're not allowed to mess with abortion. You know, they're, yeah. they're setting it up to backfire. So I put that topic up and then, uh, there's to put like the place- debate to bed. Yes, exactly. Yes. So I put the blurb up and then you can just come in and answer the blurb, whatever. And it's set up so you can follow. So that's good. I'm not. Getting off Twitter until they throw me off, but I'm setting this up as a way where we can continue to communicate. So I, um, I'm hoping people will come, like, kind of help beta it out or whatever. Like, talk, tell me what you think, go in there and post stuff. You can write test things. I'll, like, figure it out and we can make it a good place to meet in case there's a kind of Twitter blackout. But I, I see it coming, especially if there's, uh, war afoot and, um, uh, one other thing. They banned someone from yeah. Twitter. You reminded me. 
oh. like mm-hmm. two weeks ago that was an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez parody account. And this is something we actually talked about, uh, which I didn't at the time realize it related to it, but about how AI can't recognize humor. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, AI, but that that's not actually what happened in, in this case. What happened, people, the reaction was that they were banning a conservative parody that it was well, targeted. Well, any parody is, gonna, is these days considered hostile. Right. Well, the argument was that they specifically targeted the, the conservative, which they do in certain instances. But I also found where Twitter was claiming that the reason that this account was banned was not because it was a parody account. Was It was banned because it had shown behavior of of like mass targeting, of spamming. So I guess – Kind of like new knowledge would put a bunch of bots behind you and make it appear as though you had a bunch of people spamming your material everywhere. So they were banned for spamming is what they were, is what Twitter claims, which is an interesting thing to me, which I think is far more, is far more something people want to think about than the, than the conservative angle. Because if they were truly banned for spamming, then those groups like grab your wallet and sleeping giants. These are two groups on Twitter that have a army uh, of, you know, resistance bots that they just target people with and those resistance bots will go do whatever they ask them to do whether it's attack them or perhaps to, but they're not bots they're people they're people yeah uh they could be bots some of them i, I don't right. know but these people will do whatever they're instructed and that is that is the same type of behavior in my opinion that is mass oh yeah uh, so i don't know why it's, these groups aren't getting banned and those groups could also have their followers go pretend to be followers of someone that yeah, they hate it's black white or gray activism yeah yeah so if, if that's really a standard that you can get kicked off if if you're exhibiting spammy behavior these groups and like new knowledge they specialize in sending groups of people to go do spammy behavior so we don't know if and it was they them get or capitulation not. and they get they get heroic status for it even new knowledge is not demonized for what they did posing as the russian bots yeah most people don't even know who they are yet they're the ones who are cited they're the experts in every that was a russian bot fake news article that we read well that that brings me to the question what was that email you got from them wasn't oh my gosh this week i have other stuff on mark warner stuff we'll do that later well i got an email that was Directing directing me to a New York Times article that is about how your 5G phone won't hurt you, but Russia wants you to think otherwise. Okay, let's back up a little bit. If you if you listen to this podcast, you probably listened to the WSB show, which if you're listening to this right away, it was posted yesterday or this morning. And um, we talked about over the weekend, Binkley brought us his... Special report on 5G, which I actually, I don't even think you got halfway through probably the material that you had, even though we spent an hour on it. Uh, but they, but I don't know if I said it on air or off air or where, where, when I said it, but I had, oh, because you had brought me this article about anti-vaxxers. I said, they're going to do, it's like anti-vaxxers, moon landing deniers. I'm getting a little, uh. 
I'm getting a little noise in this line. Um, moon landing deniers and then 5G resistors. But there's just so much overwhelming evidence that 5G is bad for you. And there's so many activists who care about it and just people who want to protect their schools and their homes that it's hard to deny that. I mean, the science behind that is very hard to deny. They they have to say that they redid it and then we have to yeah. redo all that science. Well, the argument is going to be that that science studied the lesser radiation, the, the 4G and below. Right, but they need to redo the science. Right, and that that's they, – they know, they even admit that they haven't done enough studying yet on the effect of 5G frequencies, which are more powerful. So they, they admit that they haven't done the study, and right now they're studying the effect in Sweden because they have a whole bunch of it deployed out there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and Brussels. I have a very good friend who lives in Sweden. Brussels, which is where the EU is, yes. and they're, they are at the center of pushing this. But they're not. They every, won't. Do, they canceled. You revealed yesterday that they're yeah, – so, isn't, the isn't the Hague in Brussels? Do what? Isn't the Hague in Brussels where they, they aren't doing it? I don't know. Didn't you say that they were not doing it? Oh, they're not doing it. They were supposed to do it, but the reason they're not doing it is because the radiation exceeds the limit. That at the, the Hague. Yeah, I guess at the Hague. I can't. Well, I don't know what the Hague is. Is it the Hague is the center of the EU? Is it the EU or the UN or what? Where oh, is it? it it's the, the city of Brussels, or the the uh, area of Brussels, like the entire. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, got it. Yeah, so the entire uh, – the whole town. The whole city. Whatever. Okay. I thought it was – because you brought us a clip once of yeah. a woman saying, I came to work here and I didn't know that you were bombarding me with this awful stuff and they were just like us, neither. And then I thought you were coming back saying, yeah, they stopped doing it because of that. Uh, they stopped doing it because be the radiation him, him. exceeds the limit of the city. Right. Okay. I didn't understand. I thought it was just them. But anyway, let's move there. <laughs> no, I'm not oh, they'll kidding. just change the limit as well. Because I always wonder how they're doing it to all of us, and they think they're going to be immune to it. Do they have a pill? Are they wearing tinfoil hats? You like, know, I think real? that they're probably the argument. I think would probably be well, we're going to do it because we are betting that the benefits of it are going to lead to, you know, maybe a medical solution that outweighs the damaging effects that might come from it. That's a little remote for people. For true elitists who who want who think it's okay to treat the regular folk different from themselves, now I think that tiny pinnacle of people who might know that this is no good and are allowing it anyway is a very 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 tiny group because I know some people kind of over the years, uh, especially from my days in banking in New York or whatever stuff like that that are quite high in that pyramid and are genuinely do not know like very elite people and then like the next level of people who are like at these think tanks they do not know like uh military even i mean it's hard to know with like there's a cia guy who did a like a lecture at a some like private home it was weird and i and he's saying all this stuff and i'm like that's not even true like does this guy is he Smoking his own Kool-Aid or I don't know. So I like was trying to feel him out. So I don't know if they how much they're just BSing me. But like I feel like a lot of the people at the towards the top really have no idea are not open to are, are almost like the greatest fools because they are so totally committed to the validity of the system because it validates them. 
But yeah. I feel like the very, very top or anybody who knows, some scientists, you know, one sign, if, if what we're saying is true and the 5G is bad and some people are doing it anyway, somebody somewhere knows it's bad. Yeah. And, and is still facilitating, I would assume, right? I mean, what are the, what's his plan? I don't know. I think that when there's a lot of people that are – even if you are the one person who knows for sure that it's bad, even the pressures of the people around you are enough to silence someone. Right. I just I just wonder – like I'm just envisioning like the inner, inner sanctum at Davos. Yeah. And they're sitting around and they're saying we got to do 5G because it's the only way to totally control the entire world, which is – World domination. And Mark Werner really makes want. that clear in his – Wow, 5G really? Things. Absolutely. That, that's why like reading this article, this New York Times article, the angle that they're using is here, – here's what it says. This is from – you know, new knowledge is their, their source. So new knowledge is the only one that there's actually evidence of people <laughs> interfering. But it, it, Oh, that's so crazy. It says – Because the, they're so – come on. Let's just say – that so the New York Times article is based on the new knowledge claim, not the back, not the opposite. I believe so. Yeah, because you said the email you got cites the New York Times. It, it article. cites that, but I, I but believe the New York Times article. It, it's cites on there the in the news section. They put they put all the stuff that they're in the news about on their website, and that's what it came from. Oh, okay, yeah, that's nuts because they are completely discredited when it comes to the Russian stuff in my mind. I mean, obviously the New York Times and Senate doesn't say, but I mean, no one could have less credibility. Even the Russians themselves have more credibility than new knowledge when it comes to Russian, false Russian conspiracies. These guys are it. Yeah. And they're discrediting it by saying that RT is the one who did. Well, the that's the other thing. Like, here's what it says right it's here. It's the ad hominem attack. They're yeah. not even saying the science doesn't prove it. They're saying, look who says it's bad. Right. It says the Kremlin would really enjoy getting democratic governments tied up in fights over 5G environmental and health hazards. Oh, oh my God. Uh, and the because reason they is because they say that the Kremlin is, is you know, they're tied to China. So together, by preventing us from deploying 5G, China can take over it and they can essentially dominate the world for the next century. OK, it, this is why you were saying it dovetails with the new knowledge Senate report where they delineate that every single bit of controversy or conspiracy theory, anything that could possibly be uh, what I consider to be part of the political process – they are saying if you don't buy into it, it's because you're falling for a Russian plot yes. to divide us. But we are yeah. divided because half the people are duped into buying the stuff that's taking our rights away and half the people aren't. So we're divided by that. Healthy debate is an obstacle for them ramming these things through. And so they, they do these extreme things to try and make us not ask any questions about it and accept it. And it's vaccines. It's 5G. It's another thing that they said in the Senate Intel, Intel report. And this, again, from New Knowledge, they said that promoting the idea that you don't have to vote is, is Russian propaganda. So anything that is prevention from just total control, they say Russian propaganda. It's just like and, World War One. And the vote, of course, is the way they get you to think they represent us. Yeah, exactly. Because we we consent to this democracy thing, which is simply mob rule. I mean, and, and we consent to it. We're like, OK, if most of the people want to trample our rights, 
whatever. I, I, I can deal with that, you know, and you just take it. So it's such a vital tool that if we disempowered it, they would, they would have to come up with something more. Yeah. So here's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's economic warfare, says Ryan Fox, chief operating officer of New, of New Knowledge, a technology firm that tracks disinformation. As he said in an, in an interview, Russia doesn't have a good 5G play, so it tries to undermine and discredit ours. So that's what Russia is trying to do. They, all Russia wants to do, apparently, is just is just mess with us all the time. They don't have any concerns of their own. Okay. So on the one hand, anybody who criticizes 5G is a Russian agent, but the reason that we have to cram this stuff down on local governments, completely violate the Tenth Amendment in every way, disregard people's health or even their vote at that point, democracy breaks down when it no longer serves their purposes, tax them to death to let this stuff happen is because China. Exactly. Let, let me play you. I have a long clip of Brennan, not Brennan. I don't know why. Mark Warner. Mark Warner. Who, I don't know why way, I compare him to Brennan. Who don't realize they think that he was some kind of capital investor, that he made all his money in this financial company because that's what he says. But he grub staked the financial company by scooping up licenses like FCC, not FCC, whatever it was, like broadband licenses. Whatever I forget which what it is because I don't know anything about that stuff. But I at the time when I read it, it talks about these extremely valuable licenses that were being given away or auctioned off or lottery or whatever, and he just scooped them up to the point where he was uh, made him fantastically wealthy. He's the wealthiest guy in 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 the Senate, the House, or both, and he. After that, they actually, they, you know, once the horse had escaped from the barn, they closed the barn door and they don't allow it anymore to do for somebody to accumulate. But he, and he's only ever, all of his work, if I recall correctly, is government work. And he's fantastically wealthy because of that. So this is a guy who's a real operator. Yes. And he's self-righteous and belligerent and, -righteous. and arrogant and in my totally mind, arrogant. he's the most unscrupulous that 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 if if it's something he, that, he comes off as a real prick. Yes. Yes, I agree totally. And and if those licenses were something that the U.S. government had the right to distribute, that means it belongs to us. And he stole it from us. Well, or he exploited us without our knowledge, you know, that kind of thing. Like yeah. I have to. Oh, he has I no should, problem with that. What? He has no problem exploiting. But and he's self-righteous about it, which much. Anyway, let me let me investigate it a little bit. Uh, I did. I did investigate it and I came out with it when it when I had it fresh. But I'm going to follow up on that. I'm going to have that handy. I'm going to have like a little crib sheet on that. So anytime his name comes up, he's like, he did this, this, that and the other thing. Let me play this for you. And yeah, it, it is a bit long because I haven't had a chance to That's cut fine. all these down. Yeah, but do it. This is a good kind of summary of this is. Mark Werner speaking at the Brookings Institute think tank last week. But the truth is, after way too many classified briefings and a virtual unanimous opinion from our intelligence community and a series of changes in China, I have had to shift my viewpoint. I believe, under President Xi, a newly assertive China is pursuing a sophisticated 
whole-of-society strategy that exploits all elements of state power to strengthen, diminish China's position at the world, at the same time with a conscious effort to diminish American power and influence in the world. China, of course, uses all the traditional tools of state to exert influence, and ex also with an expanded military presence. And as we continually see in my vice chairman role at the intelligence community, and a, and a very, very aggressive, and in certain ways unorthodox, deployment of espionage to steal military industrial secrets. But the truth is, all of that is kind of in the more traditional realm. China is also extraordinarily creative in using mechanism that takes advantage of their authoritarian model to force Chinese companies, researchers, and others to act on behalf of the national interest, and more specifically, the Chinese Communist Party interest. You know better than I, as experts in the field, in 2015 and 2016, China enacted new laws requiring all Chinese citizens and companies to act in support of national security in the Chinese government, and again, more specifically, the Communist Party. All of this has set the stage for China to aggressively deploy every level of power in service to the state, and at the same time, exploit the openness of our society and other Western societies to gain geopolitical and economic advantage. The national security challenges poised by a, a rising China are enormous. I fully acknowledge that this area is one that we have a lot more questions than answers and why, again, I commend the Brookings effort. But I would also argue that in a world that moves increasingly at Internet speed, we can't wait until we have all the answers to wake up to this challenge. We ha have to figure out how to protect ourselves, how to compete, and how to make sure that we are able to take advantage uh, in a global landscape with China increasingly important force. Because the one thing we do know that I've come to a great conclusion, China has a plan. They have a plan, and they're a plan that they are able to execute on, that has that is not constrained by short-term restrictions, that has a long-term vision. It's kind of an overview of what... Dude, I... How much time do we have? That's... There is so much to that. So much there. Let, let me give you a few other tidbits that he says okay. that you can uh, uh, integrate with that. Okay. He mentioned the uh, authoritarian model of government. He goes on to talk about how what China is doing is they are exporting their authoritarian form of government to other you know, people who would be Domino dictators. Yeah. yeah. And so essentially it's the digital spread of communism is kind of what, what I – the take I get from him. He keeps wow, bringing up the what, communism. that was the excuse for Vietnam. Yeah. That's the excuse for a lot of them. You know, a lot of what he says, um, I don't, I don't disagree with throughout it. But then when you, when you're listening, what you're, what you, what you're listening to, in my opinion, is you're listening to two, two, two people who are trying to take over the world fighting with each other. Two groups trying to take over the world who are fighting. So it's pick your poison. And he even, he even mentions that. He talks about how that, uh, we're trying to get companies not to use the, the Chinese technology, uh, to wait for us to catch up. And what their response is, there's going to be backdoors. There's going to be hackers from the country of whoever's technology we use. So why does it matter? Why would we fall behind when you're, you would hack us also, essentially? Wait, I don't get that. What? 
their their response is to uh, to paraphrase is well you would do the same thing they would do. Uh, Who's response? Warner is saying Warner is talking to companies about because Huawei, which is the Chinese company that has has control of the market right now in five G. He's saying that Huawei is subservient to the communist government. So essentially the communist government of China would have control of the 5G network. Right. And he's – and the 5G is spreading around the world to other countries like the UK. Right now the UK has paused. They're about to go into agreement with China. We're trying to prevent these other countries from entering into agreements with China to use – or not with China, with Huawei to use the Chinese technology because – we're 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 pitching them that you're essentially going to be taken over by the communist government because they're going to put backdoors in the technology, they're going to steal all your data, and so you need to wait for us to do it so you're not overtaken by them. And basically, the response is, well, you'll do the same thing that they're doing, right? And that we they do. would do, and that's absolutely true. Okay, so I'm going to take it one level deeper because this answers a question that has been nagging at me for years. Nixon opened China and Rockefeller went in supposedly, but I, uh, James Corbett did that, uh, documentary or report on it, <clears throat> which I've mentioned before about Rockefeller interest in China or opening up China. It's like a bunch of things folded together and it just, it, it starts with Mao went to Yale. You know, he was like an exchange student yeah. at Yale. Rockefeller went in and made sure they were getting technology and defense, um, uh, you know, high level defense stuff. And he just, mentions that, by the way, the thing about Yao going to Yale, Mao going to Yale. Warner says that what he it? brings. There's a whole section about how he talks about how we're going to have some difficult conversations with public schools because there's a lot of Chinese nationals that are coming here to learn and then going back home to use that information in China. And the implication was. I, you know, I'm not quite sure what the implication was. It was, it was definitely he doesn't want that to happen. I don't know what. Well, he's saying he doesn't want that to happen, but this is what this is the, how I'm piecing these, pu- yeah, pu- putting these puzzle pieces together, because I have this. I mean, I really have puzzled for years, and now I feel like I have the answer. Is why would they do that? Why would they do that? Why? And I thought that the answer was the simple thing. Where Rockefeller said uh, over the years, maybe it was like more than one Rockefeller because there was several generations where they said the we want a world system. And in order for the East and the West to be able to get together, you have to lift the East up and push the West down. So the opposite polarities would be the Chinese rice farmer and the American you know, industrial juggernaut of 1900 or 1920 or whatever. And you take those, those two things. And, and like, I've used this analogy before, like an engine, you know, like the transmission that wants to connect the wheels and the engine, they got to be going kind of close to the same speed or you're, you're not going to be able to get them to work together. And I thought, well, that's just what they're doing. They're trying to build up China while they slow us down by hobbling us with this quasi, this like uh, half-hearted socialism where they absorb the same amount of productivity and taxation as Europe, which is fully socialist or admittedly socialist. And there they're having the discussion of like, I want more health care. And here, like we're taking the productivity, we're taking the taxes. We're not even giving you, we're not even giving you health care. We're making you buy health care. We're forcing you to buy health care from 
insurance. Like it's clearly, and our, and our debt is insanely out of control. I mean, it's just not, it's inconceivable what's happening there. So there's obviously like a destructive, destructive force in the West. And in the East, there's a constructive force. And I'm, and now, now that I see, I mean, I don't know how much, when they can have visibility on the fact that it was tech that was going to bring it all together. I think they've had visibility for many decades on that because Brzezinski wrote the book in the early 1970s, I think 1971 or 1972, about America between two worlds or something, like in the technotronic era. Yeah. So he predicted... I predict, I'm sure, I, I think he knew, it's like almost 50 years ago, he saw all this, and that is when Nixon opened China, and it's when Rockefeller started introducing that stuff. So uh, my point is just, in order, if you look at the Cold War, they used the Cold War with Russia. They kept saying, if we don't, Russia will, or Russia is, so we have to, about everything from mind control experiments to the nuclear arms race. By the way, he, he refers to what China is doing as mind controlling the population. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, uses I, those I words. Think, I think every what's, what he's saying is... I, it could, in that regard, it could have two possibilities because you said there's a law that they have to support national security, which I think is the essence of communism anyway. I doubt that's yeah. a new law. But if they, on the one hand, yeah, so that's definitely the, the bigger, bigger picture of what I'm getting from him is something much more serious. But on the one hand, I feel like if they set this up so that it's a race, so that you're required to do it, that on the, they use that Russia. If we don't infiltrate the Middle East or infiltrate Africa or whatever, Russia or China will fill that vacuum, that void. I think we're yeah. we're just as likely, if not more likely, to be the ones who are say doing stuff that they say if if we don't, United States will. But ultimately, we would not be in any kind of position like this with China anyway. If we hadn't hobbled our own system, we don't, it's not, so this is where the bigger picture comes. So he's saying something that I've heard from the right and I've heard from the left and it's, it's a very dangerous idea. I, I don't think I've ever used the word dangerous idea. It's a dangerous fallacy is what it is. It's a dangerous fallacy that he's basically saying communism is a superior economic model. It's a superior economic model and and we're going to have difficulty resisting it. So we have to adopt some of their habits and tactics in order to preserve what little freedom, whatever little capitalism, whatever little we can of our own economic model. If we don't pivot to them, we'll lose it all. But it's I like would you say, listen to the yeah. panel discussion. It's as if I did. Or? It's, as, it's as if you did because he goes on to talk about how American companies are enabling this by working uh, – it's by accepting the technology because they are eager to get in the 5G game and he talks about how we're going to how we're going to scale that back. But I think just like with World War One and World War Two, and people are like, well, you had to have you had to defeat Hitler because of the Holocaust. I'm like, you don't even know you didn't even know about the Holocaust when we decided to defeat Hitler. And Hitler was was created by the same forces that started World War One. So you could have prevented all that if you just look back and see what they were doing to foment World War One. 
and and learn from that, not fall for that, not reward them with exactly what they wanted, which was a complete worldwide cultural and political overthrow. But the, similarly here, you got to look back 50 years and say, what did they do to set China up? My parents would, even after Nixon opened China, my mother to this day and my father to the day he died would not buy anything made in China because he said it's communist slave labor and we should not be supporting it. Now, I'm not saying I advocate governments making those decisions for us, but but what Nixon did was he gave China mo- – and, and the – it was after that, but China was viewed as a most favored nation for trading status, but Taiwan was not, and other countries were not. So we picked China as the winner. We gave them all these tools, and now we're saying, oh, well, now that they're equal to us, it's up to you, Mr. Um, businessman with integrity, to choose us less bad people than those bad people. But they gave you that because either way – it's bad. Either way, it's like world control. Either way, it's a back door. Either way, and and they put us in this position. And that guy, that Mark Warner guy, I don't think. I, I mean, he's my number one example of a guy who's not working for us. <laughs> yeah. So so he's full of it. Well, he I, the implications of what he talks about goes with what you said. It's he he, and uh, not even such an indirect way is talking about. Establishing more control over what businesses can and can't do. And probably use our tax dollars to promote technology and, and that stuff. I've always opposed research just on the principle that capitalism doesn't, the government doesn't provide research for capitalism. Capitalism provides for its own research as a reflection of the trade-off between the cost of the marginal labor input versus the marginal capital input. I mean, it just, when labor gets too expensive, you buy a machine. <laughs> and if it's not too expensive, you don't. If you had 5,000 seamstresses who would work for a penny a day, would you buy 100 sewing machines? Probably not. He does say at one point that businesses today are starting to realize that the old form of capitalism isn't working today. But that's only because we don't have it and haven't seen it forever. Maybe that's why... Everybody from Trump to Elizabeth Warren is – or AOC, obviously, is talking about this great death struggle that we're in right now between capitalism and socialism. That struggle was lost 70 years ago. Uh, that struggle was lost when we when we aligned ourselves with Stalin or whenever. I, I don't want to pick a moment, but capitalism – is not what we are operating. Maybe LBJ was the official or FDR is the official end of capitalism, but we don't have it. And, and what we do have is a, is a, a bastardization that hobbles us. And if we did have it, we would probably, I, I firmly believe basically on the trajectory, based on the trajectory of the 19th century, that we would have the highest standard of living with the most equality. If we had a truly free system with equal application of the laws we had at that time, particularly the 10th Amendment. So, you know, I don't I they don't have that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about all out communism versus de facto covert communism. It's fascism. What we have is is more like fascism. And then and there's is more is, is a fascistic thing, too, because they really only took off industrially 
when so when Russia when the Soviet Union collapsed, they liberated the politics before the economics. And that created upheaval. The economics were in disarray. Oligarchs rose up with our help, Bill Clinton and Boris Yeltsin. But in China, they did not ease up on politics. They did ease up on economics. So then you had these kind of captive corporate citizens who built up industries. They they felt that empowering them economically, giving them some freedom to get the efficiencies and keep some of them was going to get the most out of out of their economy. And I think that that is correct. And I think they did it. And they and they. So now, I mean, you might call that really fascism for a little less yeah, government it's, terms. Uh, <laughs> it's all a bunch of people trying to steal from each other. Yeah, and gain power. And they, yeah, they use fascism and covert communism. I believe covert communism, you're right. I mean, that's that's the communist modus operandi until they are in full control of a region or a state or whatever is to gain power using deception and covert means once if once they're legitimized on the outside and this is not just for communism this is for any ideology or any position that is not acceptable to the general public yet is you pretend to be something else you infiltrate organizations and then once you gain power over these organizations after you you pull people to uh to your ideological stance if that's if that's what you're after, whatever it is, they use these they use these things as levers to grow and maintain power. Well, let's just say, let's just look at it as let's say that the plan is uh, some people. Uh, I would say the Rockefellers are in on it. The Rothschilds, at least, were. If not, maybe they're they're running the world. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Uh, Cecil Rhodes was one of the guys. Like so. The queen, maybe. I don't know. So say a bunch of those guys are at the top, the sanctum sanctorum, the innermost sanctum, and their idea is centralized, uh, all the power and the resources are controlled by them and their cronies from, I'm going to say, The Hague, because it seems like that's the only place that's not going to be irradiated. <laughs> and so they're going to control it. What does that what does that take? Well, I think it takes different things in different places. And I think that I think mm-hmm. let's let's take it even one set. Let's say at the absolute most meta level, the highest level, whatever, that they're looking to control all resources, including human resources. Yes. And Werner talks about creating more human resources. It's like, it's like you watch the thing. That's so funny. Well, it's just it, it, it it's this is why when you were telling me what he was doing, I, I thought. To my, I said to you maybe before the thing show, it sounds it. What I think these kind of things are, these the Brookings Institution or and I always I think like a great middle place. I look at Fox News or CNN, then you can look at the National Review, then look at the Atlantic uh, magazine, and then look at Foreign Affairs magazine from CFR, and then and then go to the the think tanks, and so. As you go up, the people are like smarter and more plugged in and you talk to them. They're more and more confident that they know what's going on. Yeah. But they're equally propagandized. It's just the propaganda has to be much more complex and have a lot more true things in it. Uh, Yeah. 
and that and that's where they are. So I have talk, I talked to somebody who worked at the Brookings Institution once Institute, whatever, and I and I referred to something that one of their leaders was up to that was absolutely in evidence, no question about it. And he had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, but yeah. you wrote that article that completely blows up what you just said. And he was like, I don't, and he was like, you know that look on people's faces when they're just like disgusted yeah, or freaked out. You how know, how like, dare you say that? Uncomfortable, yeah, angry, but has to control I've it. seen yes, that look so many times. Because they're threatened, you know what I mean? Threatened. Yeah, it hurts them physically because it, it, like, it's a reaction. It's, it's like a cognitive dissonance reaction that creates physical pain because it undermines their worldview. Yes, and it's a terrible thing to do to somebody at a party. Not not husband, a good party topic. That's why my husband calls me the hyena. <laughs> Actually, his friends call me the hyena now. So, <laughs> but I'm so not. I'm so fun at parties most of the time. <laughs> then I run into a guy from the CIA, and everything just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's in- interesting what you're saying. It made me think of by presenting this argument to whoever this, the target audience is here, in terms of. An arms race, essentially, a digital arms race, it expedites the process uh, or it, ex- it, get, it expedites the process that the EU and the World Economic Forum and all of these major think tanks and institutes, their, their, their initiatives, which is to get everybody connected, which is to establish, as the World Economic Forum put it, a brave new digital world where everyone is connected and everyone can essentially be controlled. So regardless of who wins, it still furthers that overall goal of getting people connected faster. Because if, like you said, if you force people, we got to do this now because China's going to do it. They're going to take over. So we have to. We have to forget about all of our processes. We have to forget about waiting for the, the test to come back on how it might affect people health-wise. And we just need to push through it doesn't matter who wins. It still serves the goal of the quote-unquote they at the top, which is to connect us all to the Borg. Absolutely. And somebody had tweeted at me. I'm going to miss Twitter. Uh, Johnny Cook tweeted at me a conversation that JFK had with General MacArthur. And um, Johnny and I had the same feeling. Like MacArthur, like Patton, these were guys were nobody's fools. They weren't shells. They had their own set of it and their own integrity. I, I can't. That's different from when I like attack Mark Warner or whatever. Like these guys, you got to respect me. You don't, you might be anti-war, but you got to respect what they're saying. And what he was saying, I was, this is an unexpected thing. It was quite a long article, but I was, I, I did not expect the, the punchline and the punchline was, and I believe other generals have said the same thing, including Ike was cited in the thing. It said in the article, it said the only way to defeat, he said, well, first of all, he said, never, never engage in a land war in Asia. I mean, that's just like apparently like a, um, a mantra now of like a, a military truth. But the other thing he said was, the only way to defeat the United States uh, is economically. That the that our defense, our uh, impenetrable shield, is our extremely powerful, unstoppable economy. So this is a guy talking JFK. So prior to 1963, and I believe it was Ike who also said that. When you look at that, 
statement and you think of what's happened since then. And and in, in the 19th century, I wouldn't be surprised. I really don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if 90% of all the world's productivity came out of the United States. Or once the Industrial Revolution, England and the United States, whatever, wherever the Industrial Revolution was happening, just all of a sudden probably became like 80% of all the world's production came out of 20% of its people and place. And and then if you see how and 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 if you see how that went down over the years how that the US has been undermined not only by things like what I consider to be traitorous trade unions that the labor unions actually the leadership betrayed the people by by negotiating deals that were unsustainable and got them out of the picture so you could get rid of all the stevedores, all the dock workers and introduce cargo boxes, which are fantastic, you know, efficient thing. And if they emerged organically, the labor would be redeployed or whatever. But I feel like there's a lot of funny business at work, but ultimately the greatest, the greatest tool you have to undermine the economy is inflation and debt. Yeah. To make your own your savings as a wage earner or whatever completely disappear. And then we have this 23 and counting just ticking off. I mean, that's, that's the Trump is Trump is participating in that just like every other president has since then in this tremendous debt that I said the other day and I'll, and I, and it's just absolutely true. The debt cannot the debt crisis cannot be resolved within this paradigm. We cannot resolve this within the paradigm of our economy and our system because we're continuing to add to the debt. We will never pay it off. We're not stopping adding to it. Interest rates are very low. They're going to rise. The unfunded liabilities are waiting in the shadows. The debt itself, the $23 trillion, is just... It's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a shadow that it casts that's 10 times its size. So there's no way to get out of that. There's no way that we're going to pay that back. It's why people declare bankruptcy. You cannot pay it back. So And that size is just so incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible. And that's why – and the immigration thing is ridiculous. They're signing up for it. You know, I mean, we have sold this country – down the river, there's no, there's no hope for, for the American way, you know, like just get that out of your head. There's no looking back. And if they're coming to take that burden on their own shoulders, they're being short sighted about it. And well, I, I would I just, say that there's yeah. hope for the American way in the individual. The individual can have that spirit and attitude and recognize okay. the propaganda American, and stuff and, and do things that had that if they allow themselves to be stifled by the propaganda, they might not otherwise be able to do so. The individual who sees through, recognizes it, sees through it, can still be empowered. But as an overall system, all you can do is talk to people, you know, face to face, online, whatever. Um, I'm just saying we are doomed to be bankrupt as a. Oh, the, like, the yeah. debt is not going to get repaid. We will have to declare bankruptcy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, there is no hope. But will we though? Opinion, will the country no. have to, will we have to do that? I can't see any resolution. I mean, it just seems like paradigm. if it got to this big, we would have had to have done it a long time ago. 
Say it again. It seems like if we have gotten to this trillion number or whatever it is, which means nothing to me because it's just so unrelatable. Twenty three trillion. It, in it could like, be it could be eight gigillion to trillion. Yes, wouldn't be any difference yes, to me because I don't yes. know. Like I don't know what it means. It would seem like we would have already had to have pay off our debt. We would have already had to call. Uh, this is bankruptcy. what I'm saying is that. Is that if you were if MacArthur's right and the way to destroy this country is economically, it it was so powerful that because that's another paradox I've been trying to figure out. Like, what is all this debt for? Like they they're <laughs> pushing the debt. They always make sure there's tons of debt. We do not need it. It, it literally the taxes we take in, the taxes we could take in. We could pay for legitimate defense, like look at what defense you actually need, all public works without cutting that at all, and transfer $30,000 a year from the top half, every single person in the top half to every single person in the bottom half. Like you, the the money, it, it's done. We don't need to be in debt. We do not need to be in debt. Yet debt, 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 what is it for? There was a a, a budget compromise I think it was about 10 years ago, which which would have worked and they didn't pass it. It would have worked. So I forget the name of it. I just hate that I forget the name of that act because it's worth looking at. I will find it. It's hard to find. They buried it. Uh, but I'm saying that it it it's a big effort. It's going to take them 100 years to destroy us economically. But if that's what they need to do. To get that, that world, you know, to get the world domination by destroying how the countries are disparate, are, are uneven. You know what I'm saying? If they want East and West to come together, it has to go the same. They ha- we cannot have that, uh, domination here. I'm just saying this stuff is all fitting together for me. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. why we didn't declare bankruptcy yet because we can, we can bear the weight of that debt burden. We can pay the interest on it, but once the interest rate starts going up, and once those unfi- unfunded liabilities come down, then we will not be able to do that. And that's when you declare bankruptcy. You're not going to do it in advance of, of that. You only declare bankruptcy when you can't make the payments. Do you know who the top foreign owners of U.S. national debt? Well, are or were at least China at the end and of Saudi last year? Arabia? I assume it's the China and Japan. This, oh. this is as of the end of last year. Yeah, I believe that the petrodollar has to have some. What what's the oil? If you're pulling something up on it, what's the? How do the oil countries fit in? Because the petrodollar, the idea was that we'd move off the gold standard, and Saudi Arabia and OPEC, I guess, China, we, Japan, Brazil, Ireland, UK, Switzerland, Luxembourg, Cayman Islands, and then Hong Kong. So I don't understand how what Saudi Arabia does with it because the Saudi the the way the petrodollar works if I understand it correctly is OPEC or Saudi Arabia and everybody who associates with them denominates in dollars their oil and people scramble around the world to get dollars which drives up the price of dollars the value of the dollar they give it to Saudi Arabia then Saudi Arabia is a wash in dollars and some of that I thought they were required to use to buy U.S. government bonds. I guess they just sell them in the secondary market. I, I just I have to figure out why they don't have it. But in any case, at a certain point, 
you can't make the payments anymore. Yeah, or I didn't know if we are making the payments. I, I just yeah, we pay a... the interest. We don't do fault on. That's why we have a AAA rating or maybe a double A now. But we make the payments. You can make the payment as long as you. They're going to make the payments. At a, they can make the payments out of more debt as long as their credit is high. But people don't realize Russia declared bankruptcy in the nineties. Big country. They so now they only have a thirteen percent level of debt. We have like a hundred and thirteen percent level of debt. Yeah, they've slashed theirs a lot. Well, they have to because your credit gets ruined and then you can't borrow any more money. That's what happens after you're bankrupt. You are forced into a position of austerity and it's and it yeah. gives them a powerful position. We'll just print more though, you know. That's all we got a printer. Well, That's all you need is a printer, really, that right? That might be the modern monetary theory <laughs> that people are afraid of from AOC. That's what they recommend. But when you do that, you get hyperinflation stuff. You cannot trade anymore. Yeah. So then you've got to – all your inflation – so if you own stuff, so that makes the – this is why it's a, it's false for AOC to promote it. When you have hyperinflation like that or whatever, high inflation, if you own something like a bottle of wine, you bought a hundred bought it for a hundred dollars and all of a sudden there are ten times as many dollars in the world, your wine ultimately is worth a thousand dollars. Ultimately, if you hang on to it, people understand how the money is and your wine will be worth the same as it was before you know, a day's work. But if the this is what Keynes was talking about, sticky wages, if you're wages don't rise as quickly as the price of that wine. So used to be a day's work was a hundred, then it was a thousand. Your wine used to be worth a hundred, now it's worth a thousand. If the wages didn't go from a hundred to a thousand, but only went from a hundred to eight hundred, you're poorer and you don't have the assets to make up for it. You're literally making less money and you're poorer and and it looks like you're making eight times what you used to make. It's a way to Steal. Yeah. And that's what she's doing, and it's highly regressive. And when you do that, people in the outside world don't trade with you as much because You're it's hard it. to keep up with the with the rising currency. Yeah. I mean, why would you want to trade with somebody if, if you you know if it's so complex you can't tell when you're getting bamboozled? Yeah. Well, so that's why it's not an answer to the debt problem. It's really not an answer. It's a de facto bankruptcy. Because it really reduces your standard of living to the point where you're really living hand-to-mouth anyway. Yeah. That- so that's the problem. And and that's and, – and so I'm looking at, at, the, at the economic – I'm saying all these things plug into a vision where – and it's not like I'm fantasizing that – Somebody wants to run the world. I'm reading the World Economic Forum website. I'm reading the UN. I'm reading the Bosch Foundation. I'm reading where they talk about global governance. What do you think that means? Yeah, <laughs> a know? brave new digital world. A one yeah. one digital world is another way they refer to it. Yeah, and then if you go back, so you were talking about this thing from way back in the tens or whatever about the corporations being the ones who were involved in these uh, in the propaganda yeah and censoring in the censorship uh, i have a book from king gillette funniest name the guy who started gillette i think his first name is king 
Did we talk about this before? It's called World Corporation. I think we've touched touched on on it before. Yeah, the book is called World Corporation, and it also reminds me of what Colonel House wrote. Dr. – I think it's called Drew – World Administrator something. Colonel House is the guy who controlled Woodrow Wilson, kind of the first globalist infiltration of the White House. Well, that can't be true. But anyway, the one we whose name we know. So I think it was the vision back then, these these industrialists, whatever, unscrupulous industrialists thought of and I just watched Rollerball, which absolutely has this model. Where the where it's not really even a government, it's a corporation. I call it the corpo governmental continuum. Bit of a mouthful, but so so the left will rail against corporations and like, do we need more government, less corporations? And the right will say we need less government. Wait, so the the right says we need less government and more corp. You know, a pro business Republican to me is is a fascist. It's not. You don't want pro-business. You just want small government. So, but, but the right is being convinced to say less government, more, you know, more business. And then the left freaks out on that and they say less, less corporations, more government. But it's, it's going to come together. I mean, that's what it is. It's just, it's that fascist continuum, which is the communism and fascism are the same thing at that level. So I think they're, they talk about it. And that's and I and I think all these things plug into that concept. Yeah, I would agree that they do. And these articles that are coming out more and more frequently right now, which are leading to this censorship by really government and business, it, it just it tells me that it makes me think that we are going into war. Like here's some other here's all right. So you have the article, the New York Times article about how. You know, 5G – Russia says 5G will hurt you, you know. Um, and then at the bottom of it, it, you know how it does the recommended articles? Mm-hmm. The next articles recommended are Russian trolls used vaccine debate to sow discord study finds. wonder who did that study. I can tell you it was new knowledge probably. Yeah. Um, and then the next article it recommends is Facebook annou- announces plan to curb vaccine misinformation. And then the next one is how to inoculate against anti-vaxxers. So all of the recommended articles are all surrounding issues that they blame on Russia that they don't want anybody talking about because they want us just to accept uncritically and without question. You know what they're not touching, though, which is I, I think I mentioned this to you, which is the original true Russian conspiracy theory. What? The moon landing. Oh. It's 50 years old this year, and they're not – there's no hullabaloo. And even when Trump did a State of the Union, he invited Canavan – it was Buzz Aldrin. And I'm telling you, you had – there were World War II vets there who were like in their 90s, and Trump was like, salute, hats off to you. And they're like practically jumping up and down. They're like, hats off to you, commander-in-chief, right on. We love you. And he's like – and Buzz Aldrin, like on the moon, and he's just like, "Hey, man, just, just don't talk to me. Don't make me do this." And it was like, "What?" So he could be shy. I don't know. So what was the Russian conspiracy? So the Russian conspiracy was I knew somebody who did like a, an exchange program in Ukraine, and my kids have gone through periods. Some still are in periods where like I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? So. They're like, Mom, just don't tell anybody any of this, that what you really think about stuff. And 
And one of them was like, just don't even tell me, mom. Don't even tell me what you think about the moon landing. I don't want to know. And then our friend was there. It's just like, oh, in Ukraine, everybody just thinks it was totally made up because you guys couldn't do it. And I was like, what? So that was, and then I was thinking, why would they think? I mean, I really wasn't even thinking that hard about it. I really did not. And then I was like, oh, because it was Russia. It was the Cold War. We were fighting with Russia and Russia was like, yeah, you didn't do it because you can't do it. Because we know, because we were ahead of you in every step of the way. And we definitely could not do that ever. That's the idea behind why Russia would be behind it. But it doesn't mean that they're not. I'm not, I was kind of being tongue in cheek when I said Russia's behind that conspiracy theory. I know, because listeners would want to know right now whether you believe the movie oh, yeah. happened. No, I, I have, I have no way of knowing. I have absolutely no way of knowing. So, I mean, they ha- they'd have to do a better job proving to me that it happened. Yeah. I don't know how they could With do 5G, that. With 5G, man, we'll be able to go anywhere. I mean, I really, there are some, uh, uh, what is the name of that documentary by the Italian guy? Um, I just watched it about the moon. I mean, he asked some questions. He talks to photographers, photographers around the world and asks them to examine the photos. Why are there no stars? Why are the shadows like this? And they say stuff like there are hot spots in the pictures that can only come from an on-site light source. The sun cannot make something like that. So what's the light source and all that? Like it's a very- Well, they have electrical outlets on the moon. They do. Yes, with little minions running past them or James Bond popping out. Like, think of all the media where they have references to that, callbacks, as you would say. So uh, I'm not convinced. And furthermore, it makes complete sense that if they couldn't do it, they would have to pretend that they did. And and they should defend that decision because the Cold War ended 20 years later, and I don't think it would have if we had egg on our face with that. I'm not saying they should have done it or shouldn't have done it or they should admit it or not admit it. I'm just saying it's a it's a theory that to me holds probably – yeah, I'm going to say it holds more water than the official claim that it happened. Yeah, I think that we probably – I think we probably went – no, I don't think that what we saw was the first moon landing. I think we have capabilities possibly. I know people talk about the radiation belt, but I, I, I think if they're not doing it, not and it's not in public light, then they're probably making further developments and expansions than we realize, and they want to keep that out of public light. Yeah, they, that's it, definitely we, a possibility. Like I, I wouldn't. Yeah, it might have been I, long before then that we went to the moon. Yeah, there the technology. If they are still 10 or 20 years ahead of what we know about. At least. And with technology increasing, that number is going to increase exponentially as well. Yeah. If that number is increasing and not converging, if it's, if it's getting bigger instead of smaller, I, then I, I can't, I can't even fathom it. I cannot fathom it. So, so there you go. Like there's a paradigm shift coming. And if they need bankruptcy to get us into a cashless society or whatever, I, I would think they have to have a major event. The, the Carnegie Endowment 100 years ago studied how to completely transform the American culture from collectivist, from individuals to collectivist. And the best way to do it would be war. Let's work on getting us into a war. There's no reason to think those kind of studies are not being done behind closed doors. Absolutely. Now. And, and that may involve a currency collapse. It may involve a war. 
maybe they need the war for the Middle East, but the currency collapse for the developed world, the, the Western world. I don't know what I don't know what the plan is, but I've read enough of these old things to see that they're not scratching their heads saying, well, we don't know where those planes came from. We were we were f- focusing our radar out. I don't know. I We never thought of a 9-11. You know, like, that's yeah, not, that's ridiculous. It's not believable that that I'm thinking of it and they're not. <laughs> yeah, the military and military people too. Like it's it, everything is seen as a weapon. There's no way that they had never thought as a. I mean, there was kamikaze planes, you know, long before nine eleven. What 9/11. about the lone gunman six months the before nine eleven? X Files thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like that would be one of the main things I think people would think about, especially and if you're they, in the military. The architects of the twin towers talked about the possibility of a plane hitting it and how they. Guarded against yeah, it. I so mean, that, that was it's just, just ridiculous. So I'm just saying they act like they are sitting around, uh, waiting to see who's, who, who the American people vote for next. And gosh, golly, it's Donald Trump. We better, well, hope it works out. You know, that's yeah. not what they're doing. So I don't think so. I want to play another clip. All righty. We're going to hear a lot about this probably. The, the more people question 5G, the more we're going to hear that you're spreading Russian propaganda and that Russia wants to wants to stop us. In, in fact, the end of this article says, Mr. Fox, the operations chief at New Knowledge, the technology firm, said that the network's aggressive spin on 5G suggests Moscow is less interested in serving the public than dulling Washington's edge in the global race for the digital future. It's information warfare, he says. So when we hear this, when we hear them claiming that there's nothing at all to worry about. Remember this clip. This is from a War College podcast. This is they're talking about Lookout Mountain, which was a government facility in Hollywood that created propaganda films. And I'll just let you listen. Okay. They were also producing all kinds of training films for military personnel who were going to have to work with or around this equipment, uh, which, you know, especially when it came to nuclear weapons, there were many, many, many uh, uh, military personnel who were terrified of this stuff for good reasons. And um, and so part of Lookout Mountain's job was to convince them that they, they, could, they could work around this material and be okay. And so that's where things get, you might say, the most sort of propagandistic is um, a lot of lies, frankly, we're told in those films to military personnel about uh, the relative safety, supposed relative safety of being out in a nuclear test site. So what he was talking about is how they got military people to feel comfortable working around nuclear test sites by convincing them that there was nothing dangerous about being around them. And a lot of lies were told because there was. Wait, is he talking about Lookout Mountain? Is that the thing in Laurel Canyon? Where's Laurel Canyon? Laurel Canyon is the place in L.A. that Dave McGowan wrote the book, uh, Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, where all these rock Marilyn rollers, Manson. Huh? Marilyn yes. Manson. Yes, that is the lookout. Not, no, Charles Manson. Charles Manson. But also yeah. <laughs> Jim Morrison, whose father was the admiral who did Gulf of Tonkin. Yes, that is where – that's the one they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Frank Zappa, whose father is in, I think, chemical warfare. There was a lot of people. Yeah, who's, Frank Zappa was Stephen mentioned. Stills. And then even yes, yeah, so that they were right near those guys all lived on the road, right near this huge site, uh, a studio where they filmed 
They said they were filming nuclear war images. So yeah. they were they were creating false nuclear images there. I, if I understand correctly, yeah, it, they do. They film actual nuclear nuclear testing things as well. But they, they blow also up nukes in Laurel Canyon. I don't think so. Well, they didn't film them there, but they okay, that, that's it. where the studio was. Got it. Okay, got it. And they those images that they filmed are the ones that we see in all media or that we've seen in, in most media since So you're then. saying those are genuine images. Some of them are, but they talked okay. about I mean they were very open about how they used propaganda too. So they they doctored things and they obviously lied to people That's in, in their films. That's interesting. Where can I learn more about that? That was from the War College podcast and I believe there's will a book about will Lookout. You link it? Can huh? you link that yes, stuff? Yes, I can. The that there's great. a book about Lookout Mountain. But they tried to they started to get into some of the conspiracies around it, and even though they were admitting some of the stuff, they were very reluctant to talk about. It. They didn't really talk about that, so they didn't go too deep into we other can, possible conspiracies. We can we can work with very yeah. little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it sounds like I'm making stuff up, like overly speculating. But you hear this stuff and you think, oh, I'm sure they're telling us absolutely everything and everything that we think about this is true. And they're not really trying to manipulate us. It was just this very narrow area and they're admitting it. And we'd have found out by now. I'm just saying maybe not. These were – this was the military. They needed people to work on these test sites and yeah. obviously people are going to be reluctant because they don't know much about it. It seems scary and from what they heard, there could be some dangers. So they needed to get what they wanted without people asking, so they used propaganda films to get their own people, our military, to work closely to test sites that affected them negatively health-wise. So the pro-5G campaign is coming. I think it might be. I think yeah. we're going to hear it more. I mean it's already here at a – you know, at a more subtle level. Well, they're passing the laws, cramming it down our throats. Right, they're and so it's the same thing. They don't know, okay? They do not, or maybe they do they know, <laughs> but as far as we know, right. there's not enough evidence for this level of radiation. And for them to act like there's not and to say that anybody who questions it is spreading Russian propaganda is a red flag. And it is also part of this campaign to demonize Russia. Not not saying I, I, I like Russia or don't like Russia or they, they don't do good things or bad things. I just said Russia, just like Trump says sometimes. <laughs> like but, Grassley? Yeah, exactly. Russia. <laughs> yeah. But when they, are t- when they are trying to cram stuff through, then that is a sure, sure sign that you okay, I have two ask things. more questions. Yeah, I have two things. RT. I used to listen to RT all the time a couple of years ago and then just like uh, on a dime, they jumped the shark and it was around the time that its founder was uh, – died – I believe under absolutely fishy circumstances where they went back and forth, natural causes, murder, whatever, here. He was here in the U.S. Uh, right around then, it went to just all-out obvious propaganda. Like, it discredited itself with the obviousness of its, quote, pro-Russia propaganda, which, of course, ultimately discredits Russia. Because then you're just like, oh, maybe Russia is full of propaganda. But they weren't before this guy died. Anyway... So, uh, and then one thing that you were reminding me of about what we were talking about earlier was this demonization of people who ask questions or against this or against that. I met a, I think I would describe as this, a very intelligent, fairly high ranking, but young military officer. I forget what his, which service he was in. It was a while ago. 
And I usually have these guys, maybe it was the same thing as the Brookings Institution guy at the same time, but I usually have these guys for like the first couple of minutes and then I go too far. So I go and I'm just like, and I think that they deliberately give the defense stuff out so that uh, there's some something to compete against so they can get more defense money because now all of a sudden Iran has Stuxnet and we need cybersecurity, whatever. Like I was like, yeah, that whatever. I'm not going to say he, he didn't say I was wrong. And then, so like I go the next step and then I say something that sounds like too conspiracy like, and I got this look back and this has happened to me numerous times. I got this look back, this look of recognition. I've heard about this. And it, it's exactly, exactly the look of recognition I saw on a girl's face. Maybe she was five. Mm, five, I would say. We were at a park. My kids were there off in the sandbox, whatever. And I was just sitting around and she was very bold, curious girl. And she came up and was playing with her doll right around me, sat down next to me, whatever. And uh we were talking. We were having a great time. And she said... Yeah, my parents, you know, tell you not to talk, tell me not to talk to strangers and I'm a good girl, whatever. And I said, well, I'm a stranger. And she just looked at me with this, like that look on her face that was kind of sick and horrified and puzzled at the same time. And she just was like, oh, you're a stranger. Uh, uh, and then she ran away. So... That was good. I wanted her to know, like, this is how you get kidnapped. You know, I didn't need a relationship with this girl. It was you should have chased after her to really (laughs) make the point. Drive that home. Yeah, she'll never forget you would have done that. Get a hold of her foot or something. To this day, unlike Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) But so anyway, I, I I get that look every once in a while, like, oh, oh, I shouldn't be talking to you, and and that, and you know that they've been warned. They've been warned against dangerous. Yeah, against dangerous conversations and thoughts. But the ADL guy said when he gave that award to Tim Cook, thank you for your work in defending us against dangerous anti-government conspiracy theory. But what they've tried to change it to is disgust. They want people to react with disgust because if it's conspiracies prior to this – past couple years demonizing the word conspiracy and, and conspiracy theorist, it was more of a intrigue that people had when they heard conspiracy. And they might not believe them or buy into them, and they might think people that are really into them might be a little out there, but it wasn't a reaction of disgust. What they want is they want people to be disgusted at the thought of a conspiracy theory, and that way they're repulsed. And or they're, afraid. Yeah, they because like they don't want – like. It, Intrigue and engagement is when people ask questions. Repulsion is the feeling they want to cause. I was at a bar. I was at like a bar restaurant thing uh, one time and some guy like an adjoining table started talking to us. It was kind of annoying. And um, I was trying to have a conversation with the people I was with and he – Is he hitting on you guys? I think he was hitting on somebody. Not me, but somebody. Anyway, so (laughs) I was talking – and he he was like being kind of a jerk and i was just trying to continue my conversation and he said wow you're one of those people who thinks everything is fake i've never met one of those before tell me more yeah like, show me your tricks 
Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like when people ask me about OCD is show me your tricks. <laughs> Aww. Like I can wash my hands till they bleed. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it it's it's like you're a circus act. Yeah, exactly. It's not cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but, but if you're enough of a circus act, then I think you're safe. The problem is if people listen to you and it actually makes sense, that you then you're dangerous. Yeah. So they don't want they don't want it even. They, that's why they want you to. They want people to see you as a as a carny, you know, even more so than a circus act. Right. A but carny if you're afraid, is probably going to molest you if they get you alone. So they don't want you anywhere near conspiracy yeah, theories. If you're afraid, if they're afraid, they shut you off right away. They like close their mind to it. It's like when you watch commercials. I, I was always taught growing up, like shut your mind to that. Don't. They're lying to you. Don't fall for it. It's just marketing. They're lying to you. But I was taught that about the news, politicians. Well, it is all marketing. The book that I've been reading from the past couple of weeks, those quotes about – I can't remember what the specific quotes were. The book is called Organizing for Chaos, the story of new propaganda. It was written in like 1923. It, it very clearly talks about how the techniques of uh, psychological warfare and advertising are what – dominate are, are the new methods yes. to control people and that it is prominent propaganda is prominent the military is on top of it it, it complements it economic warfare information propaganda warfare propaganda warfare is the main way to control society economic and physical are yeah. the complements of it yeah so so i feel like with advertising it's clearest because it's it's what they call white propaganda it is from the person it's supposed to be from. Mm-hmm. So that's the least effective because you can see it coming. You know what their interests are. And it really takes a lot for them to explain to you why their car is better. If your dad told you why their car was better, you'd believe it. But it's this. So it's easy for you to yeah, shut Yeah, so they get mind. someone who looks like your dad to be in the commercial. Yeah, and say but, but when somebody – so if you say – if you are told – so I was always told to ignore commercials, and I do. It's very easy for me to shut that out. And I think that's what they're being trained to say, okay, these are the hallmarks of a conspiracy theorist. You need to shut your mind to them. If you're, if you're strong enough, you can ridicule them. But if you're not that strong, just run away. Right. And that goes in with that whole line of reasoning that they're using now as well, where it's Giuliani said it was okay to take information from a foreign power from a foreign power it's okay he said that it, they never actually address whether the information might be true or not the the idea is that you can't accept anything or even listen to anything russia might say and that's the same thing they did prior to world war 1 is germany that was also spreading propaganda they just weren't good at it they were terrible at it there's plenty of articles about that after world war 1 that i found as well in the archives but germany was also giving facts they were also telling things that were true so in order to inoculate the public from you know instead of saying decipher the information you know ask questions about the information the content and decide for yourself figure it out they say everything they say is evil propaganda all yeah. of it is the ad hominem attack it's a classic fallacy yeah. and that's why they have to dumb you down first and then or you any, can never fall for exactly, it exactly any information that does get out that is true. It doesn't matter who it came from. It could come from somebody who is in no way associated with the Germans back then, the Russians now. What they did back then and what they're doing now is they said, oh, that's just – that's a German. That person's – he's connected to the to Germany. He's connected to the Kremlin. So it doesn't matter. If they don't like it, they connect it to Russia because it, they've created this little uh, – sh- this critical thinking shutdown trigger with Russia and conspiracy theories that they can use anytime they want. 
Yeah, and that's where the hero and the villain thing come out. So don't listen to Bill Cosby or Lori Loughlin or any of these people who are are painted as villains unrelated to what they might think about politics or or so so that this this cult of personality and then like the anti cult of personality. So they just make it so that the person this is interesting actually, now that you mention it. They make it that the person is all that matters so that those ad hominem attacks are more effective. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. I uh, think that about does it for today. Up. Yeah. Thank uh, everyone for listening and everybody who has donated and continues to donate and support us. We very much appreciate it. it thank you so much. And anybody who values what we do and wants to help the show, you can donate via PayPal. You can become a Patreon. All of your support, it helps us spread the word, tell your friends about it. Help us grow. And uh, Monica, would, would you like to? Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Love the shares. Love the popularity. I really want to get people at least connected on the forum, the pool at com because I am a little worried about social media. And I want at least to have a rendezvous point in case that goes down. I don't want to lose out on all the great feedback, the emails, the tweets and stuff that I get that have the information in it. And I don't want to stop being able to connect with new people. So if you share it and come chat with us, that would be great too. And the website is looking great. The new website on compliment. Thank you. It's still a work in progress, but it, it is, I think it's, this is might be one of those good luck, bad luck things where it's like, wow, this is just so much better. So yay. We will talk to you guys next time. Later.